Absolutely awesome this morning, man, just throwing it down. And I'm going to tell you, all right, there is also a group of people that make it all possible. All these volunteers get here at like 5 and 5.30 in the morning to set all this up. So would you give them a round of applause? Let them know how much we appreciate it, seriously. You cannot do it without all of them. And we can't do it without all of you watching online. Good morning, North Dallas. Good morning, Kansas City and all these other great cities. Minnesota. I don't know exactly what city you're in, but we'll go the whole state. Hawaii. Come on, give Hawaii some love, son. We got some beautiful sunshine out there. Well, here's the reason we say that is today is a big deal that you're watching because we are wrapping up this series called Behind the Music. We've been having a little fun talking about music. And today's going to be a little bit different. We've already gone through one service, so now we'll be giving it to you again. Hopefully, we'll work out some of the kinks and make it as, as good as possible. But let me tell you what's going to happen either way. You're going to be reminded and encouraged and guided through what God has to say to us when it comes to the both sides of worship. As we've talked about in the beginning of this series, that music can move you. That was last week. We talked about what we did right then, man. Had kids dancing on the front row, kids dancing everywhere, enjoying the celebration of what God is doing. And we said, don't judge anybody. Let them enjoy that moment. And I pulled a little clip from something that happened last Sunday while we were jamming down here. The preschoolers were jamming upstairs. Watch this. I don't know if you noticed the one little girl. I'll wait till the lights come on. Hey, three, two. Hey, I don't know if you've noticed one little girl. She was giving to this, son. That's what I'm talking about. It was fun, man, because while we're singing and praising the Lord down here, there are also lessons being taught upstairs to kids about what it's all about, and I am so thankful. So can you give all those volunteers and the preschool people and children's people a little love as well? Perfect. Well, here's the reason that we're trying to teach not only the preschoolers, but you as well, because there's a lot involved when it comes to worship going behind the music. One is music definitely makes you move and don't judge other people. The other thing we talked about in this series was there was the, something called the sacrifice of praise. And that was whether things are going good or whether things are going bad, you don't stop. You keep praising, you keep focusing your attention on the Lord, and it brings freedom not only to you but the people around you. So you can go back and watch that message if you want. But the very first week is when we kicked it off, and it is called... Bigger than a song. That was the whole idea, the little topic, the little title for that message. is because we know that worship is way more than just the songs we sing or the stage that we're on. It is really about life. It's about doing life and honoring God with everything that you have, all that you say, all that you do. When you walk outside of these doors or whatever size building you're in, it is about honoring God with your mouth, with your actions, with every part of who you are. So you can go back and check out that. That was the first week's. But as we wrap up the series today, where are we going? What's it looking like? Well, it's going to be a little bit of a different journey for us. First thing I'm going to tell you, though, to kind of set it up, 
is that music, as I look at this whole concept of worship, it most of the time involves noise of some kind. This is what happens when you plug instruments in or you bang on the drums or you play the piano or whatever. I grew up when this is what happened to us when we finally plugged in our guitars. This is what happened. We had many, many people telling us like, hey, man, that's too noisy. Don't do it. You know, turn it down. But I was also reminded when we sang out of tune, you know, which I can relate to that as well. Psalm 100 verse 1, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Can I get an amen on that? Even when you can't sing. Yeah few of you out there, you understand that when you grow up in church, it's not always about being in the choir. It's not always about your voice. Sometimes it's just about letting out what you got inside of you. And the Lord says, hey, that's a good thing. It also says in Psalm 150, and this is another great example of noise. It says that there are tambourines, there are dancing, as we talked about last week, stringed instruments, flutes, loud cymbals, everything that breathes, praise the Lord. Once again, a lot of noise-making devices that is enlisted in this scripture. So that's pretty obvious. You got music making noise, no doubt about it, but it also, music involves people. It's not just about one person. Most of the time when you see music, it is about a group of people. That's why we have a band, and you've seen all kind of bands. I don't know who your favorite band is, but that's kind of one element of people. The second element is you got to have a crowd. Most of the time, like this right here, y'all remember Live Aid back in the 80s? That was Queen in front of one of the biggest crowds ever in Wembley Stadium. Because the band's on stage, the crowd's in the audience, and once again, noise comes back into it. And this is a biblical thing. Exodus 15:1, Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. So it was, I don't know if you know this, but back then when you talk about Moses, when you talk about that scripture, you're talking about a lot of people coming in. Moses and all of the people of Israel singing one song, that's a big crowd making a lot of noise. Then you go on the end of the Bible, Revelation 5, 9 comes back, says they were singing him a new song. They, once again, multiple people coming together to sing and worship the Lord. So you got music and you got people, you put those two things together and you need a decibel reader. I don't know if you know what that is, but a decibel reader is when the crowd is getting loud and the music is loud, like live rock music is about a hundred decibels. We have one. Jordan catches some flags sometimes back in the back, so he actually has a decibel meter so he can keep it where it's at a safe level for you to enjoy the music. Some of you go, I just don't know if that's true or not. Go check the decibel meter because when you get a crowd going, you get a live room, you get the band going, the next thing that happens is it becomes a moment. And I went on the internet and I tried to find a moment that had crowd, that had noise, it had a good band, it was loud, it was fun, and it even has a little bit of a spiritual connotation. Anybody like Bon Jovi out there? Where y'all at? Yeah. Well, you might recognize this. This is a little living on a prayer with a little crowd help. Watch.
Come on, yeah, little Bon Jovi love for you. Now, this is my kind of thing. Now, I know it's not everybody's. I love rock music. I love a big crowd. I love fun. That is kind of the way I grew up. I want the energy. I need it. Even when the band's picking songs for Sunday morning, most of the time, Greg and them will tell you, I want a couple of upbeat songs to get me in the mood, to get my energy going. And that is who I am. It's been who the Simple Church has been. I mean, we've had a lot of fun with some big crowds down at CenturyLink or Brookshire's Grocery Arena or whatever it is. That's one side of it. Now, as I say all that, I'm also reminding you today as we kind of take a turn in this message as we wrap up this series, there is a whole nother side. And the reason that it probably doesn't get a whole lot of publicity or a whole lot of talk is because it's not near as fun, it's not near as hype. But I'm going to take you to 1 Kings chapter 19 and I'm going to show you that other side of music, the other side of worship. It says, go stand on the mountain at attention before God and God will pass by. This is Elijah, and he's saying, hey, go stand out there and wait on God to show up. And look, a hurricane ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God. But God wasn't to be found in the wind. Now, you may have heard this story before, but this is the idea of I'm going to meet with God. I'm going to worship now. And he goes to the mountains, and the hurricane wind comes through, and he's like, but I'm not in that wind. The next little scripture comes out, and it says, and after the wind, an earthquake came. And you remember just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the guys singing in the jail cell and the ground shook as they were singing, as they were praising and opened the doors of the prison and freedom, man, they were, that was again, the sacrifice and praise message. But here we are on the other side, it's going, hey, an earthquake come, but God wasn't in the earthquake. So it's not always one way or it's not always this way. Sometimes it's diverse, it's different. And after the earthquake, a fire came. This is pyro, son, the original pyro at a concert. But God wasn't in the fire either. And after the fire, here it is, a gentle, quiet whisper. Now, this isn't very hype. This isn't very fun. This isn't very like, man, this is awesome. This is one of those things that happens when it comes to worship that gets your attention because of how dramatic it is. And then the scripture says, when Elijah heard the quiet voice, he muffled his face with his great cloak, went to the mouth of the cave, and he just stood there. Why? Because he was overwhelmed. And as he begins to process the moment, man, it wasn't a hurricane, it wasn't the earthquake, it wasn't the fire. God, you showed up now in an unpredictable way. Something different is happening. And then it says, a quiet voice asked Elijah, so tell me, what are you doing here? And Elijah said it again, I've been working out my heart for God. See, this is something that I hope you can relate to. This is the reminder for all of us in the room. After the first message, my phone was flooded with people texting me going, man, I needed this today. Now you may say, well, why were they saying they needed this today? Because this is the opposite of the culture that we're in. If we're all honest and we start evaluating what's going on in our culture, it is noisy, it is loud, it is distracting, it is busy, it is chaotic. I mean, you wake up in the morning, you turn on the television, you get out of that, you go into the car, you turn on the radio, you get to work and everybody starts talking and machines are running and phones are ringing. You get to school and it's chaos and it's noise everywhere you go busy noise then you come to church and it's the same thing it's like cranking it up and you're like okay how am I going to hear God in the midst of all this well the truth is sometimes he does speak in the loud but the opposite is also true 
Sometimes he gets your attention in the quietest moments, the whisper of worship. See, when you think about God, most of the time, this is the challenging part. It's because we're so busy that we don't take time to listen for God. We don't take time to worship him in the quietness of the moment. The truth is, we like the hype. We like the crowd. We are busy. We have our phones in our hands. we got to go. Things are happening. I need to be involved in all the things that are going on. And then occasionally, he forces us as we're working out, as Elijah said, our heart for God. He sits us down in this quiet moment and says, now let me get your attention. Let me speak to you. And if you're too busy, if it's too crazy, if it's too loud, you can't hear his voice. On the way to work this morning, I'm driving in and it's dark. Sun is just starting to come up. It looked a lot like this picture I pulled just to give you an idea of what that quiet moment looks like, that quiet morning. And in that moment, as I'm driving down the road, I don't have the radio on. I'm just trying to get my head right, trying to get my mind right. Because I know as soon as I get to the office, the questions are coming. We start typing. We start getting editing. We start getting all the stuff going on. And there's something about that moment. And the truth is, many of us don't even get up early enough to see it because we're so busy, man, we're rushing. So we don't have that time. We don't have that margin in our lives to do it. My wife is way better than I am at this because this is what she looks like most mornings. She gets up, sunrise, has a cup of coffee, gets alone, and she begins to just spend time with God. Me, I'm the opposite. I sleep in a little bit, get up, and man, I'm rolling. But what I have learned and what I am trying to discipline myself to do even more now is pull away and get alone and just be quiet. Be still and let God speak to me. Now, one of the reasons I say this, before I put the scripture up, I want to tell you a little bit more about why I need this in my life. Uh, in January, I was honored to be asked to be the uh, chaplain for the Bossier City Fire Department. And many people are like, my gosh, why in the world would you do that? You got so much on your plate. Well, I'm honored just because of all that they do to serve it's one way that I can serve back, to, you know, give back to them and serve them. So it's been awesome. But one of the things that comes with that job is there's a radio. And the radio, I hear all the calls for all of Bossier City. So sometimes the kids get in or sometimes I get in or my wife gets in. And it's literally every call that comes in. So sometimes it's someone that's fallen. Sometimes it's someone that needs a med you know, medical assistance of some kind. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's a car wreck. It's a fire or whatever it is. And what I was reminded of is the way we are in our world and how God must be amazed by the chaos that we live in. Because if you think about it, all of these people that are living on this planet have various things going on in their life. And that chaos wraps us up, and it's kind of like that radio, man. It just keeps on feeding. It keeps feeding. So one thing you can do is you can just turn it off. But I actually like it just to turn it on just so I learn and know what's going on, and I realize what they're doing and how they're going through their daily lives and all that's got to happen. And so I'm sitting there thinking like, all right, God, with all that's going on, with all of this chaos, with all of the things that are happening in people's lives, now let me turn this radio off and get alone and just talk to you. And I remember growing up in student ministry, we used to teach kids about a quiet time. 
about, hey, life gets busy, things are getting hectic, you got to pull away. And we always refer to this passage, Mark chapter 1. And this is Jesus, early, early in the morning, getting up, going to find a place where he could be by himself and where he could talk to his father. Now, now, in many ways, I understand even more is because he was seeing the chaos and the trouble and the disease and the sickness. And so he knew, I can't handle this. I got to go and talk to you, dad, because he was fully human and he was fully God. And that human side was going, man, this is a lot. Now, if you go, well, I don't know if God was ever overwhelmed by that, when Jesus was overwhelmed by that, trust me, remember the tears that he cried at his friend's funeral, Lazarus, because he saw the heartache and the pain and the brokenness that that group of friends was experiencing. He also understood when he would go to a crowd and they'd say, God, have mercy on them because they are like sheep without a shepherd. It would break his heart. Many times the scriptures say he was troubled when he looked at a crowd because he could just realize and imagine and deeply know what was going on in their lives. Well, as a pastor now, I thought about y'all walking in here today. I knew that this message was going to be prepared. I had been working on it, but then I started thinking about all of you and everything that you bring in this room. All of those that are watching online and they've tuned in today going, man, I need something today to help me. Then I was reminded, as I said, after the first service, because text after text after text came in of saying, man, my daughter, she's facing an amputation of a limb this week. My family is going through a medical crisis and this meant something to us today. We just need to be quiet and experience his presence and we need his healing and his help. Over and over again, people were sending, thank you for doing that. We, I needed this today. I needed this today. Well, see, here's the thing. The scripture tells you Jesus needed it and so do we. Lamentations even comes around. It says it's, it's good to wait quietly for the Lord to save them. It's good to sometimes pull away and just go, all right, I got to wait. I got to just be with you, God, because I can't handle what is going on by myself. And even when you look into the scriptures and you look at another musician by the name of David, in Psalm 131, he wrote it out pretty well. When in the beginning of this chapter, it says, it's a song by David for going to worship. He's like, hey, this is a, a song I was writing when I was thinking about going to worship. He said, Lord, first, my heart is not conceited. I want you to know, Lord, as I'm not thinking about just myself, I want you to know that I am thinking of others. I don't want to be self-absorbed. My eyes don't look down on others. It was this idea of going, I'm not going to start judging and looking at other people. We talked about that last week. He said, man, no, I am not involved in things too big or too difficult for me. He's saying, first off, God, I know that with everything going on, it seems like it's too much or it's too difficult, but no, the truth is, God, what I have learned in the midst of the chaos, when it is overwhelming me, when things are happening, instead, I have kept my soul calm and quiet. My soul, he says, is as content as a weaned child, content in its mother's arms. It's been a long time since my kids were that small, but I can tell you, I will never forget when Angie would feed those kids and they would go to sleep in her arms. Man, there was nothing like that picture of peace on their face. In the same way, you think about us. 
You think about the news we watch, the radios that we listen to, the places we work in, the society we live in. It seems at many times like it's just overwhelming. I mean, we got rumors of war now with Russia and Ukraine. All of this stuff is going on. We have pandemics that have happened. You've had stock market crashing, rebounding. And in the midst of all of those things, many times we leave God out. And we let that worry and that burden. And then not to mention your own sickness or your own health issues, your own financial issues, your own relationship issues, your own marriage issues, your own kid issues. I mean, even this past week, a dear friend of ours came to the office and having some trouble with the kid. And man, it's overwhelming. She just cried. Just, man, I don't know what I'm going to do and I can't handle it. And all I can think in the midst of all that this stuff is going on, how do you handle it? What do you do? Well, David even figured it out in Psalm 46 when he said this. Just be still. Be still, be quiet. And listen for his voice, as Elijah said. As Jesus did, pull away to the quiet moment where you can hear him clearly. For all honest, it's so loud, it's so busy, it's so noisy, it's so difficult to do. And most of the time when you think of worship or you think of like this idea, we got to worship. It's like, let's sing, let's make noise, let's gather a bunch of people together and let's have a party. Well, the truth is, is many times in scripture, you will see the direct opposite. Get alone, be quiet, be calm, and let God whisper in your ear and meet your need way beyond what you could do on your own. Today, we're going to do something we've never done that I can recall in 15 years. We're going to do something that might make some of you feel a little uncomfortable because you're like, man, what exactly is happening here? We're going to have one voice and one guitar and then we're going to watch a little bit of a video and yeah, we're going to sing some songs and there may be good. You may know them. You may not. It may be perfect on key. may not. First service, I'm going to be honest with you, it was making a joyful noise on my end because I missed a few parts. And as we were walking through all of that, I was reminded even of our week. Greg, which many of you don't know, he's playing guitar today. He's one of my lifelong friends. He's a Shreveport policeman, so he works the midnight shift, the graveyard. So when he comes up and sings and plays on Sunday morning, he has not slept yet. He went to work in the late last night, has worked all night and come in to play. And I'm thinking, man, that's tough. So right now he's going, hurry up and quit talking so I can go home and sleep. But I want to tell you about one other thing. As we were figuring out what to do and how to kind of end this service or kind of take it in a little different direction, I was reminded again, as my fire radio's going off, as I get in my car and come to meet him, to try to rehearse, try to go over these songs that we're going to sing in a minute. And Greg gets there and we sit down to get ready to play. And he's like, okay, man, you ready? And as soon as we get down, we're not there for one minute. We don't play one note to rehearse. He's also on the SWAT team. He goes, man, I got to go. I got to go. We'll rehearse later. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, you know our heart. But then I thought, isn't that the way we are many times? You finally try to sit down. You finally try to get down and somebody calls. Something happens. 
and it drags you into a place that you're not ready to be or man, you're trying to get one thing done. It could be trying to help at work and then somebody pulls you over here or you're trying to get your marriage done and your finances pull you over here or you're trying to get your family right and your health pulls you this way and this is pulling you that way. And so what I thought today was is give you just a couple of minutes to not be pulled in any direction but to just sit, to be calm, to be quiet and let God restore you. Let God speak to you. Some of the songs you may know, as I said, some of them, they may not be familiar, but my heart is, is that as you see these words, it would remind you of who he is and who he desires to be for all of us. For me as a pastor who is overwhelmed and many times distracted, trying to figure out how to balance all that, as someone like you who's working your rear end off, trying to make your ends meet, trying to take care of your family, and you made it to church somehow, some way, you're like, God, we made it. Oh, we made it. And my hope is, as you're sitting down, if you turned on the TV, we finally got where we can watch one service. Let's just watch it. I pray that you would let him speak to you and you could be still and know that he is God. You could be still and know that he is able, that he's going to walk with you, he's going to talk with you, and he's going to build you up. And it might just be that swipe, swipe, sweet, s- silent talk, that sweet, quiet moment that gets you. Not the rousing, loud, let's go get him, but maybe it's just that quiet, quiet moment. Father, I pray as we watch this video and then we get ready to sing a few songs that you would hear our heart and that God, I know so many people in this room are like I am, man. They got a lot going on and they get distracted and they're going a million miles an hour and that little sweet, quiet moment is hard to find. And I'm praying, God, that as they came here today as they're watching online that this would be just a brief moment where they could hear from you that you would whisper their name and as they're trying to work out their relationship with you that you would restore them and rekindle that fire and be the heavenly father that you promised to be and God whatever's trying to weigh us down or distract us God for these few moments we could rest in the fact that you're able you you are able Help us, God, to be still and to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.
sat down we were figuring out what to do and what to play I thought about Sherry who's in the hospital right now and I thought about Trey who's down in the hospital in New Orleans and I thought about Bill McConaughey sent me a message of a friend that got diagnosed with some pretty rough news this past week I thought of that friend of mine who's battling their child and trying to figure out what to do and she's at her wit's end of going God I don't know what to do and the only thing I could think of, and this is weird because I'm ADD like this, I thought of Evander Holyfield and I thought him was just punching us. Now if you don't know who he is, famous boxer and I thought how many of you walked in this room today and you're going, man, I'm getting punched. Work, school, relationships, finances, When I thought about all of you and I thought of Evander, if you look at his pants there, you'll see Philippians 4.13. Put it on all of his boxing shorts. And when you were watching him back in the day, he fought Mike Tyson. You remember he bit his ear and all these other things that were going on. He's been through so many things. But he would always come out and quote Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I thought, man, that's a good verse to remember. And there's no doubt post it wherever you got to post it put it where you need to put it but here was my problem with the verse not that I doubt that God is able I go man I know you're able God but what about me I don't know that I'm strong enough I know you're strong enough but that first part I can do all God I'm questioning whether I can do all things and then I was brought to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 when it says each time he said my grace is all you need because my power works best in, what's that word there? Weakness. So then he continues, Paul says, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. Why? So that the power of Christ can work through me. So Sherry, she's laying in that hospital bed and trying to get her toes to move and battling. She said, man, 
and we had a worship service the other night because I finally could move something. But then I also know because she was transparent. Said, Justin, sometimes I'm praising, sometimes I'm crying, sometimes I'm trusting, sometimes I'm doubting. And I want you to know if you go, man, I can relate to that. I know that happened with Trey and their whole families are waiting on a liver transplant. It was up and down, up and down. It seems like that's the way it is for all of us. Well, I was reminded of this last song we're going to do. It's one of my favorites, old school. A guy by the name of Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote it. As you listen to the words, I pray that you'll remember those two verses I just showed and that you would know that it's not written for somebody else. It's for you specifically today. It's for me.
Give it up for that policeman right there, son. Take care of son. Awesome. Let me pray for you. Father, I just come to you and I, I thank you that your strength is perfect in our weakness. And the truth is, man, we can't do it on our own. Man, a lot of people brought a lot of junk in this room that they can't handle. And God, you tell us if we bring it to you, you'll give us rest. You promise not to leave us, forsake us. You promise to be there for us. Lord, as even all those songs that we sang today, God, when we find ourselves under the weight of our guilt and our shame, God, you are there to touch us, to free us, to give us a second chance. God, just the name Jesus has power and it changes us and it comforts us. And God, because you live, God, we can face tomorrow. Whatever's going on in our lives, God, we have hope and faith and trust in you. So as we learn to be still in this moment today, to be a little quieter, to rest in your presence, I pray you would restore and that you would bring someone maybe that doesn't know you to you. Lord, not to church, not to a religion, God, but to in a personal relationship. That God, that's who you are. You care about us personally. Thank you, God, for dying for us. Thank you for overcoming the grave. Thank you, God, for giving us hope today. If someone needs you, God, all they have to do is call out, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life and change me. You promised to meet them right there. So heal them, God. Help them. Save them. And help us, God, as we walk with you, that we would honor you in all that we say and all that we do. Way beyond the words that we sing, the songs that we play. It would be about the way we live our lives, God. Help our worship to be our lives. Let this body, let this life be glorified to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I get an amen somewhere out there at one time? So here's what I want you to do. You're going, well, Justin, you just go in there? No, I got good news for you. Steve Hartman called me again. That associate pastor is always on the job. And when you're whining and complaining and thinking, okay, man, I do. I got so much on me. I don't know how I can overcome. I don't know what I'm going to do. I found the perfect story. Well, not me. Steve found the perfect story to encourage you today to not give up, to keep fighting, to keep trusting him. Watch this, and I'm going to come back and dismiss this. Every week, he set himself up for disappointment. Every week, Jamarian Stiles came to this community center in Boca Raton, Florida, hoping to play basketball with the other kids. And every week, he was rejected. They'll start picking teams, and I would be the only one left out. And then they'll just tell me, just go home. You can break someone's heart like that. As we first reported a couple years ago, the problem was obvious to everyone but Jamarion. He lost his hands and most of his arms as an infant due to a rare bacterial infection. But he insisted that was no reason to give up his hoop dreams. What about soccer? Have you heard of that sport? Yeah, I hear it every day. <laughs> Why don't you play soccer? That just seems like the obvious thing. You would think that I would be good at soccer. I'm really not. I'm horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why, on the first day of class here at Eagles Landing Middle School, Jamarian took his case to basketball coach oh, Darian Williams. Yeah. Said he wanted to be on the team. I said, all great, well, just make sure you try out. He said, okay, great, but what are you really thinking? <laughs> this man has no arms. Yeah. But man, he told me, Mr. Williams, I've never been on a team before. Even if I don't play, I just want to be on the team. And how could I say no to that? And that's how the Eagles got their first armless basketball player. Jamarian, number two there, quickly earned a reputation as the hardest worker on the squad. He was usually the first one in the gym, usually the last one to leave. Still, he sat on the bench most of the season. Let's try one more. Until one day, coach put him in the game with about six minutes left. 
and when he eventually got the ball on the far side of the court, everyone yelled, shoot it! So he did, and sank a three-pointer. And if you didn't quite see that, don't worry, because shortly after, he got the ball again, this time on the near side, for another three-pointer. At the buzzer. Jamarian Styles, the kid no one would pick, was now everyone's hero. Since we first told this story, Jamarian has continued to play basketball in high school, and now the rising junior is hoping to play football as well. He tried out for the team last year and didn't make it, so of course he's trying out again. That's him there in the white shirt. And even if he doesn't make the team, you can bet there'll be another sport, because the only thing Jamarian Styles won't play is the victim. If I could wave a magic wand right now and give you your arms back, would you want them? I don't need them. <laughs> you don't need them? No. Nope. Who needs hands when you've got this kind of touch? Steve Hartman, on the road, in Boca Raton, Florida. Come on, y'all, give it up for old Steve. I'd encourage you. That ought to encourage you. Same, that ought to be good right there. Man, you ought to go out and be able to do something today. Listen, I love you. I am thankful for you being here today, man. Don't give up. Keep shooting, baby. Keep shooting. All right, until next week, what do we have to say? 